Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale, it's day one of MIPCOM 2019 and we're coming to you live from Cannes where Europe's biggest TV market is getting underway. Renovations to the beachfront mean a large section of La Croisette's closed off this year but it's not enough to stop the usual stream of international TV execs making their way to the Palais for their meetings. The industry is undergoing renovations of its own as a string of US studio-led streamers prepare to arrive on the scene, taking back rights to some of the shows they would have previously sold to third parties. Here with me in the garden of the Grand Hotel to discuss the impact of this and to look ahead to some of the other big news coming out of MIP this week are Lisa Perrin, Chief Executive of Endemol Shine Group's Creative Networks. Hello. Carl Hall, founder of Parthenon Entertainment and now Warehouse 51. Hello. And Kelly Martin, chief executive of all three media-owned New Zealand production studio, South Pacific Pictures. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Lisa, let's start with you. Big news uh, for Endemol Shine, ahead of the market with uh, your international sales chief, Cathy Payne, announcing her decision to step down in 2020. Yeah. Well, bless her. We'll miss her. I'll miss her. Um, she's a legend in lots and lots of ways, but she's been at Endemol for 30 years and God knows she, she deserves to go and do something else. I mean, and we were talking the other day about all the other things that she wants to do, like spend more time at home with her partner, walk the dogs in the morning, you know, just, she's sort of like done it, I have to say. I mean, that's not to say I dare say she'll pop up somewhere else in the future, but right now, I think she's deserved to rest. Um, 30 years is quite enough to give anybody, I think. It's also a big milestone, 20 years for Big Brother as well. Mm. That, that show's come back into a number of markets recently, having been off air. Yeah, it's doing really well. I mean, I think next year we're predicting more markets than ever, in, and the fact that it's come back in Finland, Poland, um, we've got another couple of markets which we wanted to announce at the market, but we can't just yet. Um, but yeah, it's doing really well, you know. And Big Brother is, it changed, it created a genre of programming 20 years ago. I think genuinely, most people, a lot of people claim to kind of invent a new genre, but genuinely I think Big Brother did. You know, reality, nobody put nine people in a house before and recorded them 24-7 and streamed it in the way that when that happened 20 years ago. It's kind of, and now we talk about reality, we talk about streaming, you look at Love Island, you look at Temptation Island, you look at Survivor, it's sort of just, it, it started it all. What about some of the other shows that you're showcasing down here at this time? Well, for us, you know, we've got, as well as Big Brother and, you know, the All Together Now, which keeps travelling, which we're really, really chuffed about as well. We've got our uh, Your Home Made Perfect, which is BBT2, a renovation show, um, which we've managed to integrate VR into, which is really amazing. My mother even watches it, which is fant fantastic. And she's like, oh my God, have you seen this show? You can actually put glasses off and you can on and you can see how, what your, sh your house is going to look like. So that they've done that very successfully, the team at Remarkable, and that's sort of really great that we've managed to integrate tech so seamlessly in, w in with it. And they're looking at other genres of programming that we can put that in for the BBC. Um, and kind of riding that this wade of factual, and we're definitely in a sort of more of a factual bubble, I think. We've got a really great um, uh, crime, true crime um, f 
format from Holland, which has been picked up by the WIT actually, called Cocaine Trail, which is basically following a kind of these millennials to Colombia and showing them where the coke they snort. They might do yoga in the day, but you know, for every gram of coke snorted, one person dies. So it's kind of, it's, and that's also starting to travel as well. So we're dead pleased with that. Carl, what about yourself? Tell us about Warehouse 51. You've been building up that business now over the past few years. Before that, obviously, you, you set up Parthenon. You were MD of Sky Vision. Sky Vision is, is no more as of this market wrapped into NBC Universal. What's Warehouse 51 doing and what are your thoughts about Sky Studios, NBC Universal, etc.? Well, obviously, it's been interesting because I wasn't allowed to go back into distribution. And it's actually, when you're a producer on its own and you're dealing with other, other distribution companies, it's quite an interesting uh, thing. I think, um, um, <laughs> you know, and I've, I've literally, I think I must have done deal with pretty well um, all, of, all of the major ones just to see what, what they're like but to, the, to a man generally the reporting and this information they give back to producers is so bad not not from a terms of, uh, in terms of what the deals but in terms of what feedback and if you're a producer and you're trying to work out you're trying to change a format or get interest from the market so difficult and I, I think so with that in mind after I come out of my restrictive covenant I started West One International which is just really a bespoke, almost like an agency really, and I got it uh, tax funded. And basically, it, it re really works with the producers. It's you know small but bespoke, and I think that works. While there's all these mass um, uh, consolidations going on at the moment, there's in the history of the TV business and all the others, the big always allows the small to get in there uh, again, and I think that's what, what I'm doing now. And I think, I think for Sky, the Sky Vision catalogue to go NBCU is fantastic. I just hope, though, in there's some genres in there that may not be their speciality. You know that, that they they can. But I, as far as I understand, um, they are. The, you know, they're really, for example, documentaries. They really are uh, looking at uh, promoting that side as well. So if they do, it hasn't been the traditional market. Um, well, good. But I think we'll, we'll see. But I think individual producers always like to have attention, and I think the bigger the company the less probably attention you might be in the catalogue for the first, first um, and although nobody's printing catalogues, we know about that now, but you may make it in the first cut and then where, where's your product after that in, in, in a hundred thousand hour library. So that, so I think there's always a room for the small bespoke. And also, you know, without, I've, this is my 35th year, you've got, <laughs> of, uh, you've got to be adaptable and where the money comes from these days is, 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 as you say, from every, it's not three phone calls as it was 20, 20, 10 years ago. It's really a, a complex maze of financing and tax breaks and God knows what. And um, so, so that's uh, people like myself can help producers and myself raise, raise money on programmes because it's going to get tougher unless somebody, you're working for one of the big ones on a commission basis. And that's not everybody's cup of tea. Are there particular shows that you're focusing on down here this week? Yeah, well, I've just, I've just, I can't um, talk about it. But I've just come back from the US, having been greenlit on a crime history show from one of the networks, and that's taken, given an idea, that's taken three years of development. So you've got to, you've got to be committed these days. And uh, children's uh, series called uh, that I've just that's gone to one of the big uh, American networks as well, uh, which is taking two kids. And putting them into all these different places, in with white sharks, sounds bad, but it's actually good. Their father is a wildlife cameraman, so we didn't have to worry about. But anyway, it's a really nice series, and that and that's that's uh, a little departure for me as well. But we have, you know, we represent a lot of other people as well. We're just taking on a big, uh, a 90-minute film about the Jamaica, two Jamaican runners uh, pushing through ahead of the Olympics as well.
Uh, Kelly, your company is perhaps best known for series uh, including Shortland Street, but you've had success recently with Broken Wood, I believe. Mean Mums is another one and a new drama um, that's being co-produced together with Shaftesbury in, in Canada as well. Can you tell us about some of those? Yes, we're not putting any children in water with sharks, but that's given me a good idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're drama, drama primarily, um, and we Shorten Street is kind of the, the base of our business and that's a long running soap and it's been going for 26, 27 years now. So that's, but that's got its own challenges these days with uh, network television kind of on the, on the decline. So keeping something alive that people are coming to on a daily basis is an interesting challenge, which we are talking a lot about at the moment. The show does really well, but you've kind of got to be ahead of the game to keep that, to keep that momentum up. Um, Broken Wood Mysteries has been a huge success for us around the world. I think more people have seen that show around the world than have in New Zealand, really, because there's not that many New Zealanders. <laughs> That's the only reason. Um, but uh, yeah, so we've just delivered a sixth season of that, and um, it's sold all Germany, France, uh, Finland, where else? Everywhere, lots of places. Um, and we're just in production at the moment with a big co-production uh, called The Sounds with Shaftesbury for Acorn and there's a New Zealand broadcaster involved in that, CBC in Canada and all three media. So it's that has been, you know, three, four years of development. Story development was one thing, but putting the deal together was a whole another thing that just went on and on and on, trying to lock all of that in place and make the money work. And there's significant tax breaks in New Zealand. So once you can get the deal in place, we can get a you know 40% up to 40% tax break, so it makes it really worthwhile. But um, yeah, it's a, it's quite a new challenge to to lock those deals together. So Acorn in the VOD space, Carl, you're doing lots of work with um, VOD players as well. Lisa, obviously, some of your company's biggest clients, I guess Netflix is Black Mirror, Peaky Blinders, everything. Peaky Blinders, I mean. but also we've just started doing non-script, as you might have read, that we've um, celebrity hunted uh, with Amazon, um, which they um, we've sold that in Germany as well, and now they're exploring doing a number of other territories. So for us, the streamers are great, you know, um, and we're doing a lot of work for hire for them. You know, Australia's doing Last One Laughing. We're doing it in Mexico for them. So they're just another, I mean, they're a different client. They're a different client for us. And they're certainly their terms sometimes are a bit challenging and we're learning to work with that. But they're just another client for us. You know, and, and, that's, and that's good. It's a mixed economy. You know, we want to work with the linear clients. We want to work with the streamers. It's kind of, it's all okay. It's not just Netflix. There's a, a huge yeah, proliferation got, you know, taking place right now. Disney Plus, we've got Peacock, we've got HBO Max, we're pitching to them all um, and an Apple and you know God knows who else will come out of the woodwork. I mean I think it's fair to say that in two or three years time there will be some consolidation in that market as well. Um, who knows where that will go so as consolidations going in everything else I dare say it will happen in the streamers as well so because not everybody's going to be able to get every single subscription. We've got these, the, the big sort of ticket names, I guess, the, the, the ones that you've just reeled off there, but there's all sorts of um, sort of smaller players as well. And I mean, you seem to be setting out a business in Warehouse 51, which is focusing on working with some, some yeah, more sort of niche players. I also own, and I'm chairman of VOD365, which is quite interesting because it's an AVOD service. So it's got catch-up TV and um, various other channels. And the documentary one, um, um, uh, Planet Knowledge, uh, 
it's, it's so interesting because I get the demographics every day. We, we spent a lot of time on the detail of writing to because, because our service goes through Freeview Digital. So it's, it almost looks like a terrestrial uh, lineup, but in fact is, is, is you know, delivered uh, um, uh, <coughs> by the internet. What, what's interesting, once you've got two years of operation, the Google uh, server that, that serves the ads knows your, uh, your client base and begins to see the demographics. And so, for example, the 50 plus in the, in the evenings, men watching Planet Knowledge, whiskey buyers, uh, where they're paying five pounds an ad when we first started, are paying 150 pounds an ad uh, per ad, and there's five old ads in each show. It actually is very good business, and we just launched Sports Channel Network as well for all the sports that, that you don't see on the main TV. I've just secured um, Mike Tyson um, uh, MMA for them, um, and it's almost like pay-per-view. Wow. And it's—I've got to say—it's—it's it's, you know we're, 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 it's stealthily building, but at some point, it's you, you, you know the, the, all the big boys forget that that, that there's. Um, and this, because it's Avord, it's for you know, obviously lower, you know, the kids' channel particularly is very low-income families. But we've got Peppa Pig on there and all the main. But um, you know, all these subscriptions at seven pounds, people are going to go. Mm, you know, I'm they're not, not sure. going to pay for. They're just not going. There's, yeah. there's not going to pay for everything. Absolutely, and that's and that. If you if you're asking what the defining factor is, is really who is going to pay for the lot. Unless somebody comes in and says, look, pay twenty quid and, and we'll consolidate, the they'll do well. There's an idea for you. <laughs> what's, your, what's your take, Kelly? Um, beginning to work with Acorn, and as you say, that you're, you're having to deal as a as a company with potential sort of long-term decline in broadcast. So, how, how are I you mean, positioning? It's, it's exciting for a small market like New Zealand because the the SVODs and the AVOD. It's, it's making it more accessible for smaller markets to get out into the world. Um, you know, five or six years ago, five years ago, I could not have put together that deal. It just wouldn't have we wouldn't have been taken seriously I don't think um, so it's exciting from that point of view but I agree eventually they are going to consolidate and I think it's an interesting time with new players coming in and you know Netflix built that business on other people's content originally didn't they and so now that that shift to creating more new stuff and all the new platforms creating more new stuff a non-english language yeah. yeah I mean for us it's huge for a non-english language you know Spanish German you know territories that Frankly, maybe other distributors or maybe ten, five, ten years ago, distributors would have, wouldn't have kind of taken the content. You know, now our, our companies in Germany, Spain, Italy, you know, that non-English language is having a real resurgence in non-scripted and scripted. Mm. And scripted format um, sales are oh, kind huge. of on the up, yeah. which is a massive opportunity for companies like ours, yeah. where we've got hours of back catalogue. We've just um, completed our C21 2019. Uh, global distribution trends report and the findings from that do seem to be that those who, who responded we had over 200 people kindly filled that in there's that distributors are still very upbeat about the market despite all of the uh, the disruption that we're hearing they do predict uh, rises in revenues in the coming 12 months they see perhaps no surprise the greatest growth coming from the digital side and they see declines in the broadcast sector but it's quite interesting also to see how many companies despite those trends still seem to be relying very much on the broadcast sector and and, and some even you know 100% so how are you sort of positioning your businesses and um, you know how, how do you see things moving 
forward? Well, from our point of view, we can't be reliant on just the broadcasters in New Zealand. It's too small. There isn't enough money. So we have to be looking out. And I think most New Zealand companies are doing the same thing. There's a huge amount of production work coming down and being done in our part of the world. And I think just New Zealand producers generally are getting much wiser about heading out and doing deals with companies which aren't. And we will usually have to involve a New Zealand broadcaster, but they're just a smaller part of the, of the pie. I, st- I still think of it as a producer, if you're still producing high quality shows, um, I, ju- I just think there's, sus- there's very subtle uh, differences in terms of, if you, uh, uh, and in, in factual anyway, uh, for Netflix, they have a style and look, you know, it's usually hosted or driven like that, or it's feature length, 90 minute, there's not a lot of else, you know, so that, so you can almost discount them. Uh, with with Netflix, uh, with Amazon, obviously, you know, they'll take, you know, they've got various ways of absorbing product, in, in, and obviously everybody gives it to them free as well. But I think out there still, if you come up with something um, original, and that's the, the problem, it's back to producers again, you know, it will cut through, and 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 one or the other will pick up. So actually, there's a wider choice, but the financing bit of that after once you've stepped out of the original commissions or whatever like that is is you you know you do need a lot of help that's why i think you're going to see a very sort of an upbeat um distribution business because they are plugging some of those gaps at the moment in fact talking with 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 the u.s broadcasters they almost ask you eventually are you have you got a distribution guarantee in there or something instead of that being the profit that's now essentially part of the funding of the program that's that's a huge difference because that's um, um, you know for producers as well. Because again, they're not you know these, they're making these shows, but they're not getting the margins that they did you know five years ago. Coming back to um, the intro to this to this episode, we talked about the arrival of these uh, U.S. studio-led streamers, HBO Max, Disney Plus, uh, Peacock as well. There's been lots of stories about them reining in rights to their shows, and I guess a lot of people who were previously buying from those studios are wondering what sort of catalogue they're going to be making available to the international market moving forwards. What's your sense as to how that is going to impact the business? And, you know, is that a kind of story of vertical integration that's going to have a a sort of wider ripple effect? Well, I think, look, why wouldn't you, if you were Disney, recall all your content onto Disney Plus. Why wouldn't you, if you were Warners and H- um, NBC, recall all your content onto your platform? However, as we know, we've educated a whole generation of people to binge watch and as they can't get enough content onto those platforms, even if you recalled everything, they're still going to have to commission and they will still have slots to, to, to put new content on. So I just think it's a, it's a different platform, they'll still commission, the deals are going to be different. I agree with Carl, if you have a great writer, if you have a great bit of talent, they're always going to cut through, there is always going to be um, competition to get that person onto, onto your platform, so you're always going to be in a position of strength. You know, with Peaky Blinders, so for example, the last series went on BBC One, and then is the um, catch-up is on uh, is on Netflix. You know, it's kind of there's mm. going to be different ways of a distribution model. It isn't just going to be a straightforward tape sale anymore. So I think, genuinely, they'll just as the consolidation battle hots up in that space, they'll want more and more fresh content. They'll want better stories, newer stories. I can only see it being a good time. A tough time, let's not sort of pretend that it's not gonna be tough and the deals are gonna be tough and the deals that they put in front of you are not generous um, and you have to fight for what you get and you have to fight for the margin. 
But in terms of commissions and distribution coming from that commissions, I think business can be done. And in smaller markets there's that, there's that openness to joining together so you can have a broadcaster who will work with an SVOD and do a deal across both, which is exciting. But this consolidation, they're pulling back their programmes, not that similar, similar to when Netflix started, started. These Netflix originals aren't originals, they bought those rights. So, they, so they've got their little landmarks to attract people in and of course if you're starting, you know, even Disney need to pull back some of their stuff to, to drive in. The, the you know the the voluminous other stuff that sits underneath so it's all like all of this has happened before so i think if you ask us the next market it's going to be very interesting yeah. because and then it will be interesting to trade when the next consolidation on that side will come great well thank you very much lisa carl kelly appreciate you joining us here for this episode that's all we have time for though there'll be more from us later in the week i'm sure so we look forward to hearing about how uh, things are going at all of your companies with the shows that you're working on there'll be more from the c21 podcast be sure to stay tuned into that and stay up to date with all the latest developments by following c21 online on twitter and on mobile thanks for listening <laughs>